Hello, and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. My name is Winston Weber, and Mike, today it is a happy Christmas time. Yes, it is. We are right in the middle of really thinking hard about who Jesus is and why He came to earth, and we're celebrating the birth of Christ. It's a wonderful time of year, and you know, we're looking at the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the Old Testament that was anticipating Christ's first coming, and, and here we are in 2019 with, what, how many days uh, till the end of the six, decade? Yeah, yeah. We got you know? two weeks till the end of the decade. Absolutely. We got six days until we celebrate Christmas. This is an exciting time. Yes, and we are looking forward to Christ's return. Amen. So we are talking today about a pretty relevant topic. So in the next few days, people will be gathering together. They'll be sitting in their homes. They'll be roasting chestnuts on an open fire. An open fire, fire yes, uh, yes, of course. All of us will be doing that. <laughs> exactly. They'll be opening gifts. They'll be sharing food. And they'll be spending time with family. And I don't know about you, but not my entire family is Christian. Um, not all of them mm-hmm. um, know Christ. And it, it is a hard time especially during Christmas where Christ is literally in the name mm-hmm. that I have people who I love dearly who don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And today that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how we can have those good gospel conversations with those who are nearest and dearest to us who don't know Christ. Absolutely. And I'm so excited about this because this is hyper practical, how to take gospel opportunities at Christmas and other holidays, right? And this is a tough one because, you know, if you're hosting something at your own home, it's one thing, but if you're going to someone else's home, it's another. And so how do you do something maybe in an organized way, if it, if it fits? How do you do something in organic ways? Uh, that's kind of most of life, right? Um, so yeah, this will be fun. And I think uh, we're going to bring out some good things, bring out some biblical truths, but I think some very practical encouragements. I'm going to be sharing five encouragements for us as we do this. Okay. So just, uh, I know we don't usually do this listeners, but be looking for five primary encouragements as you seek to take gospel opportunities at Christmas and really other holidays and throughout the year. Excellent. So we got a nice little bullet point going down the list of things that we can be doing. We can be thinking about while we're at these different gatherings. What's number one. Okay. Number one is, is very simple. It's be kind. Mm. Okay, so be kind. So you're at a family gathering, you're at a Christmas gathering, uh, there's believers and unbelievers mixed in, and if you're the person that sits over there in the corner and talks to one person the whole time and doesn't talk to your cousin across the the way because you don't really like him so much, you don't really um, have an opportunity to have a gospel opportunity, okay? And so I'm saying just be kind to everybody. Welcome people, look them in the eye. This is just, you know, human interaction 101, okay? Be kind. Uh, The Bible even says it's very clear. A leader, a Christian leader needs to be kind to all. So they're inclusive, okay? So you're going to be at family gatherings where there's someone you might be on the outs with. This might be an opportunity for you to come back together. Actually surprise them by speaking to them. But be kind. And of course, you're praying before you're going, right? And you're thinking, Lord, help me to be kind. Just the simple human kindness, get somebody uh, something to drink, offer to help someone, you know, bring the kids in or whatever it is, just be there and be present because you're going to be worried about work and be worried about other things. But just think, I'm going to this event. Let's enjoy this event. Uh, Jim Elliott, a uh, missionary to the Aka Indians that got killed by the, the people he was trying to reach uh, in his journals once said this, wherever you are, be all there. 
live to the hilt every situation you believe to be the will of God. See, this is so interesting to me because you talk to most people and they say the worst part about the holidays is spending time with family. <laughs> yes, uh, I know. And that's, that's what some people say. Yeah, that that's very sad. I love my it family. It is sad. So me too. I, I, really I love like my family too. Time. Thank you. Yeah. We even, both love our family. Good times. Exactly. Yeah. We love mm-hmm. our families. Uh, even those that we are sometimes, you know, a little bit choppier with, mm-hmm. it, it's still a good time to get together and be kind and, you know, on this note, I think, you know, you already said it, but be kind involves actually genuinely talking to that person and being nice. Yes. And people can tell when you're fake, I think. Yes. Oh, my goodness. People can tell fake from a mile away. So be kind. It's interesting you said nice because nice is good as long as it's kind because nice can be fake and we don't want to be fake. We want to be real with people. Take a genuine interest and remember recently, Winston, we were talking about this in staff meeting. We said everyone should like every idea for five minutes. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Like everyone for five minutes. Okay. Be kind to all. Mm, yeah. Uh, so that's number one. Be kind. What's number two? Okay. Number two. And I told you this was going to be very, very practical, people. Be inquisitive. Mm. Be inquisitive. So remember, we're, we're thinking about how we can be a good witness for Christ, but just a a kind person at a family gathering, but you're a believer. Now, listeners, I'm assuming this is a believer that's going to events, going to gatherings, where there's believers and unbelievers alike, and you want to be an encouragement to believers' faith. You want to be a good witness to unbelievers. You want to hopefully share the gospel at some point. So what you're saying is be inquisitive. So sit them in a corner, corner them, and just say like, hey, do you believe in Jesus yet? Yeah, 20 questions. I I will say that when I was a a brand new believer, that was me going to family gatherings. Like I felt like I had sold out if I was driving home thinking (laughs) I didn't have five gospel presentations, you know? And so, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about being inquisitive. And it's like this. It's as simple as this. Go beyond, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Like actually think through ahead of time, what's a question I could ask someone that doesn't, you know, hurt their feelings or put them on the spot too too hard? Uh, And it depends on what kind of relationship you have with this person. But a question that I'm rolling around in my head for a a family gathering that I'm going to uh, very soon, where there's going to be a lot of people there, a lot of unbelievers, more unbelievers, and a lot of family members, a a lot of cousins and what have you is this question, how's your year gone and what's been the best and the worst this year? Mm. Like, what's the best thing that's happened to you this year since I've seen you last? Yeah, that sort of question definitely goes beyond just the generic, like, how's it going? Hey, that job that you told Mm -hmm. me about, how's that going? You know, right. And so that's just good life advice is being inquisitive, asking good questions. And, you know, there's an old saying that interesting people are interested in people. Ooh, I and like so that. I like that. You need to be interested in people mm-hmm. in order for them to genuinely have a good time. And that's a good thing. It makes you more personable. Right. And you can look for clues in the conversation. Let's say you say, how's it going? And they say, oh, it works bad. Remind me where you work. Or um, so how long have you been there? And there's, you can just kind of keep delving in, see what they give you. Yeah. But be inquisitive without making them feel like they're getting interviewed or interrogated. Yeah. Make yeah. them talk about things that they love talking about. Yes. Yes hobby or what have you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that's one was be kind. Two Mm -hmm. is be inquisitive. Three, be wise. Be wise. Be wise. And I'm thinking here along the lines of being appropriate, being sensitive to others. Let's just say you have a family member who just went through a, a big breakup in a relationship or they just had a death in the family. 
you know, you've got to be careful in terms of how you speak to them. And that's going to be more comforting rather than asking uh, a silly question or even asking an insensitive question. Maybe you forgot and you said, so how's, you know, so-and-so, right. oh, they passed away. Right, oh. right. Or, or we broke up or yeah. whatever it is. Uh-huh. And so Jesus said, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And so you're being kind, you're being inquisitive, you're asking some good questions. And then, you know, ride the moguls with them. This person's either going to be happy or sad or somewhere in the middle. Okay, so be kind, be inquisitive, be wise. What's next? Okay, the fourth is be courageous. Hmm. Be courageous. Now, I want to bring out, I want to read a couple verses here. First uh, Peter chapter 3, okay? Now, this is for the Christian. This is for the listener who is, who is listening to this and saying, I really want to be a good witness, but every time... It seems like people are making fun of me or putting me down for my faith or they're they're laughing at me or they're even persecuting me. So here's what 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 13 to 17 says. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? And it's like Peter's telling these persecuted Christians, don't be afraid. Be courageous. He says, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed. So we're blessed in Christ, and when we suffer, remember in the book of Acts when they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Christ? So even if you suffer for righteousness' sake, for Christ's sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them. So be courageous, nor be troubled, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy. So even as you're thinking through things, and maybe someone is laughing at you for your faith, you'd be able to say, Lord, I know you're holy. I know you're good. I know you're right. I'm standing for you. I love you. Use me for your glory. And then it says this, always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. And the whole idea here is, Be courageous about your faith in Christ and your hope in Christ. And most of us, we tend towards being timid. Uh, Most Christians I know, including myself, would be more timid in some of these settings as we are courageous. Now, when I was younger, I mentioned this when I was a brand new believer. I'm serious. I was early 80s, just became a believer in 1982. I went to every family gathering thinking, I have to share the gospel with everybody. I would corner cousins and other relatives and probably not be as inquisitive or wise. I'm sure I was kind, but I probably wasn't as wise and inquisitive as I could be. My guess is they saw that I was just so intent on getting them to believe what I believed without processing through and thinking about their life and where they're coming from and things like that. But I think that most of us are tending towards being timid rather than courageous. And I think that's the reason that Peter had to tell these believers, don't fear. Yeah. Yeah. The the fear of man, especially just family and, oh, I don't want to be offensive to them and, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't want them to hate me or several things come to mind, right? right? Uh, right, right, So that is very, very helpful. But let me say something about the courageous thing, because let's just say you're on the other side of the coin and you say, no, I I am out there and I'm appropriately sharing my faith, but people aren't receiving it. You know, this is where we put ourselves uh, into a place where we shouldn't be sometimes and we put pressure on ourselves to make it happen. We, we share our faith, we share the gospel, we share Jesus with people in the power of the Holy Spirit, trusting God with the results. 
So God's the one who does it. In fact, let me read you 2 Corinthians 2. I love these verses, verses 14 to 17. So listeners, these are good verses to think about in this context. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. You think about Jesus in his victory over sin and death and in triumphal procession over his enemies because he conquered sin and death and he's alive from the dead and he has a indestructible life. Well, he leads us in triumphal procession and through us, get this, spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Now you think you go into a party and someone put on too much cologne or too much perfume. (laughs) You know that fragrance, right? Through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. He goes on to say we're an aroma of Christ. I love that. Uh, We're in a lot to aromatherapy now, right? And you go into a lot of houses and you have diffusers Mm -hmm. and just great smells from essential oils. And you think about some of your favorite scents, your favorite aromas. I remember when I was a kid, I'd go to my grandma's house and my favorite smell was going into her house and smelling the roast beef and the gravy and the mashed potatoes that she was preparing for our meal. But we are an aroma, a fragrance of the knowledge of Christ everywhere. We are an aroma, it says, to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So you think about being courageous and you're like, you know what? When I walk into a room as a Christian, the aroma of Christ comes with me. Now we don't know, that's a figure of speech. We don't know what it smells like to be a Christian, okay? So, you know, people wear cologne or perfume and maybe they put too much on or maybe they don't wear enough deodorant or whatever. (laughs) But the idea here is that God puts an aroma out and really it's this idea of a fragrance, and it says this, a fragrance from death to death or from life to life. And what that's telling us is that among unbelievers, when they hear of our faith in Christ and when they hear of the gospel and they know we are aligned with Christ and we're indwelt with Christ, that's death to them because they're under condemnation for their sins. They're under the wrath of God for their sins. Why is it so light and joyful and beautiful when you meet a relative or a friend who's a believer. It's because there's an aroma of life to life. They're excited about Christ. Uh, They love Christ. Now, if you're not even talking about the gospel, this doesn't mean you can't get along with your relatives. This just means that they know the difference in you, even if they will never mention the difference. There is a difference in Christians that are indwelt by the Spirit, that are walking in obedience to God. And, And that's a key. Those that are walking and being kind and inquisitive and wise and courageous, That means you confess your sins to God. Uh, You don't have unreconciled relationships. Again, if you're going to a family gathering where you know you have problems with people in that place, your witness is not going to be very good unless that uh, gets settled in some way. Now, I realize you may have been the recipient of false judgment, and you can't do anything about that. So if your conscience is clear, you walk in with a clear conscience, you just know that God puts the aroma of Christ out and that we... We don't peddle the word of God, as Paul says. We are of sincerity, commissioned by God, and in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. And that's a profound influence from God that he uses us in other people's lives. And so we can be courageous with the gospel because Christ in us is our hope of glory. All right, Mike, you said five things. So all of them have been helpful so far. Be kind, be inquisitive, be wise, be courageous. Number five? Number five be biblical. Be biblical. Now, I mean this in two ways. Number one, be biblical in the sense of your thinking and your internal life as you're going. Thinking that you want to redeem the time. Thinking that you want to focus on Christ and worship Christ as you're living your life 
and you have a desire to speak of Christ and to speak well of Christ. He is the king, the ruler king. He is the high priest intercessor. He is the victorious one, right? There's no question in our minds about the identity of Christ because we cling to the word of God. There's no confusion for us. Uh, We don't want to usurp his throne. And so we stand in Christ's righteousness and we go in that regard and we want to be biblical. So inside of us, the conversation you're having with the Lord as you're praying, as you're fellowshipping with the Lord in the midst of a day, I'm saying be biblical. So be be drenched in the Bible, be saturated in the word. As Paul says in Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, uh, dwell richly in you. But I think there's another aspect to this. Now, don't put too much pressure on yourself, but talk of Christ. Uh, Speak biblical truth. Uh, Bring Christ into the conversation in a natural way, not a forced way, but as the opportunity arises, and there are many opportunities, and that's where we need to be courageous, but to be biblical as we're asking kind questions. Uh, Not putting pressure on ourselves and forcing ourselves to do something, but pray during and after and waiting for the right moment but taking any appropriate opportunities because you care about the person Mm. to speak a biblical truth to them. Absolutely. And that is an important key that we do care for these people. Um, That has to be first and foremost in our minds at these gatherings. Like, do I actually care about this person? Do I care about their eternal well-being? Or do I care more about just, you know, this party going off okay and everybody kind of being like, okay, see you next year. Right. So, or the food. I'm always very interested in the food. Okay. I love food. So either be gospel-oriented or care about the food. Sure. I hear what you're yeah, saying. Yes. Okay, I that's how to sum food. up today's thing. So right? <laughs> remember this, listeners. Look, as we talk about being kind and as being inquisitive and being wise, being courageous, being biblical— Remember this, and this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says that the love of Christ controls us. Verse 14, the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. So we've come to a conclusion, biblically, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he, Jesus, died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So our identity has been changed. So as we go into a gathering We're no longer living for ourselves. We're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about, Lord, how can I be a blessing? How can I be a gospel witness? How can I show forth your glory in this gathering? And remember that it says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. The old has passed away, new things have come. You might be going to a family gathering where they remember what you used to be like before you were a believer. But let them see the new you as God has remade you in Christ. Same personality. Same looks, but a different heart because God has changed your heart. And remember too, as first as, and remember too, as Second Corinthians 5:20 says, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. The reason why you want to give this gospel witness is because for our sake, God made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we want to work together with him, as chapter 6 goes into. Work together with him. Uh, Don't receive the grace of God in vain. Trust God to use you in whatever setting you go into, whether you're shy, whether you're outgoing, uh, whether your family sees you a certain way or not. Let them see who you are in Christ. Let them see the person God is making you into, and just be a blessing wherever you go. Mm, Absolutely. Well, 
Thank you, Mike. This was great. Uh, we got Christmas coming up soon, and I think this has given us all some really helpful tools um, as we go into those different gatherings and try to be a good witness for Christ to those who are yet to know him. Sweet. Listeners, we're going to be praying for you as mm-hmm. you go through this season and as you go into these events. And if we could, let's pray now, and then we'll have you close us out. Please do. Lord, we thank you for your grace to us, and thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you, Lord, that you are the wisdom and power of God. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for leading, guiding, protecting, providing. I pray for all of our listeners, Lord, as they go into family gatherings, even this holiday season, this Christmas and New Year's, and an onward, I pray, Lord, that you would help them uh, to be kind in their hearts and in their demeanor to others, uh, that they would be wise in their in their interactions and appropriate and sensitive. Lord, help us to be courageous and help us to be biblical as we uh, interact with others. Help us to love people uh, for your sake and help us, Lord, to be used by you for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Mike, and thank you, listeners. We here at Ordinary Church wish you a very Merry Christmas, and we hope that we've given you some useful tools today. If you want to email us, of course, you can do so at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. We love getting those emails, so send those in, and just have a, a Merry Christmas. And we hope that you'll join us next Thursday as we remain faithful, even in the ordinary.